Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, good morning, Every Nation New Jersey. God bless you. PA here, Pastor Adam Burt. And I'm so excited you'd spend your Sunday morning here with us at Every Nation, New Jersey. And so um, we are going to jump back in to our sermon series as we're going through the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, We simply called it A Beautiful Mess. And I think uh, what what we discussed today will kind of illustrate some of the messiness uh, of church. And uh, so, but but before we get into our our scripture in 1 Corinthians, uh, we'll be in chapter 4 today. Uh, I got to tell you about uh, my New York Jets, uh, right? Just, just um, you know, I'm just saying that ever since the team uh, started uh, taking me on road trips with them, uh, we're 4-0 on the road this year. So uh, anyways, uh, God, thank you. And, and as always, you can root for any NFL team you want, but we pray for the New York Jets. And uh, I say that to say this past week uh, uh, during a New York Jets uh, Bible study with the players, I was discussing th- this idea of being other-oriented. In other words, having our eyes focused uh, on God and others. And, and I don't know if you realize this or not, but you know that God designed you that way to have like the, the eyes of our soul pointed up to God and onto other people. Uh, the reason for that is, you know, that that's how God loves and God sees. That um, there's a thing that theologians theologians call perichoresis. It's the Trinitarian kind of love. It's an other-oriented love. Well, the Father is loving the Son and the Spirit. The Spirit's loving uh, the Son and the Father, so on and so forth. And it's this other orientation, uh, a Trinitarian love that makes up the Godhead. And you've been designed and created in the image of God to have an other-oriented type love. But uh, unfortunately, uh, there's another God, the God of this world. And, And there's a different type of Trinitarian love that he would love for you to participate in. And that's just the, the, the love of me, myself, and I. An inward-focused uh, type of uh, love, a love of self, you know. And I, I just can't help it. And I don't want to sound like the old guy, hey, get off my lawn. But uh, I don't know that, that you can argue with the fact that, that the world's system today, our culture, is designed to get us to just get our eyes in on ourself, me, myself, and I. That's why we have the iPhone and the iPad and how we do selfies and and we have TikTok and you know all these different things designed what to to revolve around me. And yet if you look at the statistics today, you know what? We've never been more depressed. Suicide rates are skyrocketing. Uh, and then there's there's another uh, uh, global pandemic and it's not COVID, but it's loneliness. Right, and so this hasn't served us well. This inward focus. In fact, in the United States, like uh, we used to be known for like a, a rugged individualism, but now that thing is morphing into a rampant narcissism. Um, and so, uh, so listen, you know, uh, narcissism. It, it's just it's an obsession with self, like being self-centered, self 
absorbed and 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 the term narcissism or narcissist it actually comes from greek mythology uh it's crazy so the greek the greek mythology it it, it goes something like this that um there, there was a young woman and she gave birth to a beautiful son uh the the great seer tiresias um, uh, pronounced and prophesied to the mother that this son, uh, this beautiful boy, will live a long and prosperous life as long as he doesn't discover himself. And so uh, the, the the myth goes like this, that then Narcissist, as a young man, he, he goes to a river and there he sees his reflection and he falls in love with himself. He's captivated and fixated on himself and he grows more and more frustrated because he can't have the one he loves and as he's just fixated uh, uh, more and more people he, he finds himself aggravated and get this alone and then the end of the myth he turns into a flower <laughs> I don't know it's just Greek mythology is weird okay um, and so listen if, if your eyes are inward on the self I'm not saying this morning that you're gonna turn into a flower but I will say this, is much like narcissist uh, in this Greek myth, uh, you will be uh, aggravated, frustrated, and you will eventually find yourself alone. And if I could just uh, paint a picture for you, you know that the universe's first ever narcissist was Lucifer, was Lucifer. Now, now um, best we can tell from the scriptures is that, that Lucifer uh, was an archangel uh, that led worship of the Godhead in the heavenly realms. Uh, he, he was beautiful and talented, uh, and yet there came a moment when, when Lucifer, he decided to, to uh, turn inward and have the praise and the glory due to the Godhead and let it, let it turn in on himself. And that's where Lucifer would become Satan. Let me read for you Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 14. It says this, How are you fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn? Day star, that's the term, that's the term Lucifer. He says, How are you cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low? You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Did you see it? His eyes turned inward on himself. Like, like Lucifer became Satan because of the sin of pride and narcissism. And, and Satan, then he's going to show up in Genesis chapter 3 as a serpent. Satan, he lies and it deceives both Adam and Eve. And, and he just, he convinces them, hey, Adam and Eve, it's, it's all about you. Turn your eyes in on yourself. The universe uh, should bend its knee and revolve around you. And they believe the lie and they fall away from God. And get this, their eyes suddenly turn inward. Let me read for you the first words of Adam after the fall. It's the first time we see in the Bible the, the personal pronoun, I, I. Genesis 3, verses 9 through 10, Adam says this, But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And, and Adam said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. 
And so, so we see this, that, that humanity becomes consumed with self. Our eyes turn inward and his world would come crashing, crumbling to the ground. See, theologians call uh, this idea of our eyes turning inward on ourself the incurvature of the soul. And as the eyes of the soul turn in, eventually the soul will cave in on itself. Why? Because we were designed to get our eyes up on God and on people. But praise God, Jesus is going to come and he's going to give us the cure uh, for the incurvature of the soul. And we find that in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 39. Uh, A familiar verse of uh, scripture, uh, Jesus says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so isn't it fascinating that God's great command is what will lead to our great good? Uh, They they align. See, the great commandment is not just good morality. uh, It's great for human flourishing, right? Because God designed us to have our eyes up, to love God and to love people. And so with that in mind, uh, let's turn to in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 1 through 7. Because see, pride, the self-absorption uh, is going to enter into the Corinthian church, and it's going to begin to rip and divide the church. They're going to uh, pride is going to come in over spiritual gifts, over which preacher uh, is the best. And so the, the thing I want you to remember in the back of your head today is, man, as we get our eyes up on God and other people, man, God's going to make a way. And so Paul's going to, he's going to challenge us to do three things here this morning. Number one is this, uh, turn idolizing and demonizing into humanizing. Number two is this, turn comparison into celebration. And then number three is to turn pride into praise. And so, Lord, I pray you give us great grace this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, uh, verses 1 through 7. It reads like this. Uh, Paul says, this is how one should regard us, us being uh, other preachers and these uh, apostles and the saints of God. He says, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. And so the big idea of Paul is like this, hey man, we're just stewards of the gospel and the mysteries of God. In other words, dude, I'm just the UPS guy or the FedEx guy, right? And so like when you're when the Amazon uh, truck driver comes to your house and gives you a package, you're not like, oh, thank you, thank you. He didn't, he didn't purchase that for you, man. <laughs> He's just the delivery guy. And preachers and pastors, they're not to be celebrated. They're, they're just the delivery guys. Of, of the gospel and, and the mysteries of God. He goes on in verse three. He says, but with me, it is a very small thing that I should, ju- uh, should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I don't even judge myself for I'm not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time. We'll talk about that. Before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things that are now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. And so um, uh, uh, 
uh, here in uh, in the in the book of Corinthians, the church was being divided over. Some say, "Hey, I'm I'm following Apollos. No, I'm following Paul. Uh, I'm following Jesus." Right? They're the super spiritual people. Uh, and what Paul's saying, "Hey, these people that that you're celebrating and putting on a pedestal, they're just people. And one day, like you, they're going to be judged." Uh, by by uh, how they stewarded uh, God's plan for their life. Verse 6, Paul goes on and he says, I've applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up, and we'll talk about that, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. Uh, verse 7, for who sees anything different in you? What did you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? In other words, anything good, gifts, skills, talents, strengths that are inside of you, dude, that's not about you. Because <laughs> God, the creator of all things, gave those to you, right? And so that's the big idea. And so, so let's, let's start breaking down uh, this text this morning. And so remember, point number one was this. We need to turn idolizing and demonizing into humanizing, right? And so, so today, for whatever reason, wait, we have this tendency uh, to, to idolize what like preachers and politicians, pro athletes, uh, celebrities, right? We, we put these people on a pedestal. In fact, we even have shows like American Idol. And so we tend to idolize people. And I got news for you. They're always going to disappoint you, right? Uh, you might have heard the quote, never meet, meet your heroes because you'll always be disappointed. And it's just true because like people are just people. And every one of us, man, every one of us has weird quirks. Man, there's areas of brokenness. There's ugly parts of us. If you could see us on the inside, here's the reality. You and I, we're all just fixer-uppers, right? We're all fixer-uppers. Man, I, I can remember one uh, preacher. I just put him on such a pedestal. I'm like, this is the greatest guy. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and this guy. And then, and then I got a chance to uh, play golf with my hero, man. And I was so excited. I'm like, wow, geeking it up. And and as I'm I'm playing 18 holes of golf with this guy, by the end of the round, I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is the most irritating man on the planet. <laughs> I can't wait for this to get over with because this guy is so incredibly irritating, right? And so never meet your heroes. They'll always disappoint you. In fact, um, um, listen, because we're all just fixer-uppers. And uh, I, I, recently I heard the, uh, a story from, uh, it was on the, actually the Today Show. And, and it was these uh, two parents that they had, they had twin sons uh, and they were boarding a flight. And you can imagine, everyone's like, please, God, don't let these twin kids sit next to me, right? These little infant babies. But here's what the parents did. They passed out these little gift bags uh, to everybody on the flight. I believe we have an image of them. It's filled with candy. And as well, there was a little note, and I want to read it to you. Um, the note says this. He says, we are twin baby boys on our first flight, and we're only 14 weeks old. We'll try to be on our best behavior, but we'd like to apologize in advance, just in case we lose our cool, get scared, or our ears hurt. 
our mom and dad, aka our portable milk machine and our diaper changer, have earplugs available if you need them. We are all sitting in 20E and 20F if you want to come by to get a pair. And, and I so love that idea that, that I'm going to rip it off. <laughs> like, like, do you know at our church, when you come and you're a first-time guest, uh, we actually we give you a Starbucks card. And uh, now when, when you're a first-time guest, you're going to get a Starbucks card and I'm going to leave a, a little note on there and say, hey, uh, uh, my name's Adam. I'm the pastor here. And listen, uh, you might love me now, but sooner or later, I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to say something that's upsetting to you, right? And I just want to pre-apologize. And here's a Snickers bar uh, to go with it, right? Because <laughs> all of us, we just need to pre-apologize because we're all broken uh, sin- sinners in need of a Savior, And so that's what's so problematic with the cancel culture we find ourselves in today. Like like we idolize people, uh, they fail, and then we very quickly demonize them, right? And there's, there's no room for grace, for forgiveness, for repentance, for restoration. And get this, if, we, if you want to live in this cancel culture, eventually we all get canceled because every one of us We have areas of brokenness in our heart. We're in need of grace, mercy, and forgiveness. In fact, uh, uh, the great prophet uh, Homer Simpson, uh, Homer Simpson at one point, he's, he's reading his Bible, and then, he, and then he shuts it, and he looks kind of perplexed, and he says, he says, everyone in this book is a mess except this one guy. <laughs> and guess what? Homer Simpson's right. Man, uh, everyone but Jesus is pretty messed up in this in our Bible. Like all the heroes of our faith, like if, if they were brought up in a cancel culture, guess what? All the disciples, all the heroes of our faith get canceled. Like, like Abram, Abraham uh, was a liar and he had misogynist tendencies. We, we get Moses, Moses uh, uh, killed a guy and what, he had anger issues. We get David, David's a polygamist, uh, a liar, an adulterer, and guess what? He was an accomplice to murder, right? And so we see all these different things and, and we all are in need of the grace of God. Um, I, I love Jesus in, in uh, John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11 You remember the story of a, there was a woman caught in adultery and they drag this, this, this naked woman caught in her sin and they throw her at the feet of Jesus and they say, Jesus, the law says that she should be stoned. What do you say? And Jesus, he, 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 bow, he kneels down and he says this, the one that is without sin, he can cast the first stone. And then as he kneels to the ground, he begins to write stuff in the sand Listen, we don't know what he wrote, but this is my speculation. Listen, uh, how many of you have heard of a Carfax, right? Like, like you go and this car looks pristine, it looks amazing, and then you get the Carfax, right? Been, uh, been rear-ended, front-ended, it's on its third engine, right? It's When you get under the hood, it's actually a train wreck. Uh, and, and I believe Jesus began to write the Carfax in the ground uh, about everyone's sin, right? Because Jesus, he's got all the car facts on us. And the scripture says one by one, people put their stones down because they realize what, oh my, who am I to cast stones when look at, I get the car facts that Jesus has on me. And, and when we become aware of our own brokenness, do you know what? It, it stirs all this gratitude for the cross 
of Jesus Christ. And it also stirs an empathy and a sympathy towards others that fall short, that we can extend forgiveness. And so I, I want to make that clear. Like, like I, I'm, I'm championing this morning forgiveness, mercy, repentance, and restoration. But that doesn't mean like, like we're all held, like uh, there is accountability. There is, um, um, you know, uh, circumstances in, in things for us uh, or consequences uh, for our sin. I, I want to make that very plain and, and clear. Um, and then Paul goes on on our text this morning. He says this, don't judge before the time. Don't judge before the time. And, and I love, like if you were to take a snapshot uh, of the 12 disciples, and if you look, like you know who the front runner is? Is Judas. Like uh, Judas, you know, all the disciples were from Galilee, except for one. See, Galilee was just in the country. They were country folk. But one guy was, was like a city guy, an educated guy. And that one guy was Judas. Uh, we know this, that Judas, he was put in charge of the money bag. He was the treasurer. And, and, I'm, and I'm guessing that they don't give like, like the, the shady looking irresponsible guy. They're like, here, you handle the money, right? And so, so Judas, man, he was looking pretty good. Uh, but, but remember, the Bible says this. While he looked good on the outside, it says the devil had entered into his heart and he would sell out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Don't judge before the time. Uh, and then we can, we can uh, contrast that with another character by the name of Saul, a wicked, wicked man. And if you don't believe me, uh, I'll let Saul say it in his own words. Uh, he says it in 1 Timothy 1.13. He says, I was once, I was a blasphemer a persecutor, and a violent man. He says, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. But this was a violent persecutor uh, uh, and a blasphemer, right? That's who this guy Saul was. In fact, he was so sick. We read in Acts chapter 7, uh, Stephen is martyred, the church's first martyr. And it says, as, as the, these angry Jews picked up stones, that, that Saul said this here, I'll hang on to your jackets, so I can watch. Like there's a level of sick, like you know you can't unsee things. So there is something broken uh, and, and sick inside Saul, but something would change. Uh, something transformative would happen into Saul's life. And Saul would later on in life, he would become the apostle Paul. He would be unrecognizable from that the, 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 the man Saul. And Saul would go on to write two thirds uh, of the New Testament epistles. In fact, you and I are studying one of his letters today. And so don't judge before the time, right? And now um, here's point number two is this. Uh, turn comparison uh, into celebration. Turn comparison into celebration. I, I know a number of you are familiar with the quote that comparison is the thief of joy. I think it was Theodore Roosevelt uh, that said that. And so um, maybe I'm all alone in this, but I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I just believe that, that this social media world has created such this atmosphere of comparison. And, and it's this, uh, this false dichotomy that, that if I see you're winning, that must mean I'm losing, right? So, so if, if you're on the sweet vacation, it's like, oh no, I, I must be losing. You got the new car. Oh no, I must be losing. Oh, oh, like you have the beautiful family. Oh no, I must be losing, right? And so uh, you can feel the need then, what, to tear people down 
to bring them back to their to your level. And uh, listen, I, I'm I'm gonna admit some things that I'm definitely not proud of. Do you know that that there's been moments in my life, if I was to be transparent with you this morning, that there can be times when I hear about other churches that are winning and prospering, and it bugs me. Like like it it bugs me. And, And I'm so unbelievably ashamed of that. Like there's something broken on the inside if that would be my response. And, and then there's, uh, conversely, then sometimes I could hear about churches that, that maybe they're struggling and they don't have very, uh, the, the, the preachers maybe not that good. And then somehow I can feel a little bit better about me and my church. And I just want to tell you that that attitude, that, that thing in my heart, it's wicked and it's wrong. And I'm asking Jesus to take it away. And so we see this creeping in to the Corinthian church, that, that people are trying to set up Apollos against Paul, like Apollos gifts uh, versus Paul's gifts. And, and it's, they're trying to divide the church and, and make it some competition. And Paul is having nothing of it. So a little bit of backstory. So, so Apollos, Apollos was this powerful preacher and communicator, but sometimes he struggled with theology and doctrine. Uh, let me read for you Acts chapter 18, verses 24 to 26. It says this, now a, now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit. He spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus though he knew only the baptism of John. So he didn't fully understand doctrine. Verse 26, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And so here you get this great communicator, but he struggles with with doctrine and theology. And now you get Paul. Did you know that Paul was a terrible preacher. <laughs> and listen, if, if you don't believe me, then I'll just let Paul uh, say it for himself. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 6, Paul says this, Even if I am unskilled in speaking, I am not so in knowledge. Indeed, in every way we have made this plain to you in all things. And so Paul struggled with preaching and, and speaking, but what? His letters, his doctrine, and his theology uh, were out of the park, right? He crushed it. And so so what Paul is saying here, he's using he and Apollos as an example. Hey, we don't compete with one another in the body of Christ, but we complete one another in the body of Christ. Like, like, like see, what that does is that frees me up uh, that your gift, uh, I can celebrate your gift. It doesn't have to feel like a threat to me. And so, wow, your gift is not my gift. I can celebrate yours, and then I can cover in your weaknesses in areas that I'm strong, and you can cover up my weaknesses. And get this, then the entire body of Christ wins. Everybody wins uh, when we turn comparison into celebration. And then point number three is this. uh, We turn pride into praise. We turn pride into praise. And so... Paul uses this word. He says that, that, that Paul, he's going to use a unique word for pride. Uh, it's going to be translated puffed up. It's the word physiou uh, in the Greek. It's a very unique word that Paul uses it. And it means to be, to be swollen, to be puffed up, to be inflamed uh, and infected. And so what Paul's saying is, hey, beware that you can get this dangerously overinflated 
sense of self. Like, um, like I, I can remember, so I, as, as a 12-year-old kid, get this, like I didn't know what an appendix was or even that I had one until that thing got infected, inflamed, and eventually pff, it ruptured. Then I very much knew I had an appendix. And so, so in the same way, Paul's saying, hey, beware being puffed up with this overinflated sense of self. And listen, the world around us is just designed trying to overinflate you, uh, give you a, an overinflated view of self, and it's killing us. And so I, I got a little example for us here this morning, so bear with me. We'll see how this works out. But, but culture, the media, social media is what it's designed to be about you, 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 right? It's our Instagram, man, our TikTok, all these things. It's all about you. And so, and now about moms and dads, I'm going to talk to you out there. But now, now the way we're, we're, we're taught to parent is it's, it's our kids is a special little snowflake, right? It's all about you, baby. It's all about you, you, you. And so uh, then, then our, our kids, now our education system, well, it's all about you. It's all about you. And, and now we wonder why our children are running around and they're unbelievably sensitive. Hey, everyone's talking about me. Ah, ah, in, in their soul, their sense of self is hurt. Or, or, hey, nobody's talking about me. And there's their soul and their sense of self is very sensitive and, and things can be painful to the touch. And, and now we wonder why that, that, man, that our, our kids are struggling because we've said that the world revolves, revolves around them and it doesn't. And so what happens? Now we're seeing uh, the sense of loneliness, uh, of depression setting in. How about this? And, and then have you noticed too how some how these things that that historically have been so small, like someone disagrees uh, with a child, or, or someone maybe calls them a bad name, and it's it's something so small, but now because the self is so overinflated, what it, it just it bursts, right? Now something so small it becomes trauma, right? Uh, or it's something that that a kid can't manage. Or handle and so so Jesus I got good news for you he wants to cure us uh, of this over inflated inflamed sense of self and so uh, uh, back in 2012 the the New York Jets they they traded for a young man you may have heard of Tim Tebow right and Tim Tebow is this you know he's an amazing young man and uh, loves Jesus with all this heart mind soul and strength and and we were sitting in a Bible study at one time, and, and I remember I was so taken back by this. I, I had never heard this before, but, but Tim uh, Tebow, he says this in our, in our Bible study. He says, you know, humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And I thought, oh, man, that was really good. I'm going to rip that off. Uh, come to find out he had ripped that off from somebody else, all right? So we, that's all preachers do is just continue to rip things off. But I think we're onto something there. Like the anti-inflammatory for the inflamed sense of self is a good dose of humility. It's this idea of, of, of not thinking less of ourself, but thinking of ourself less. Or in other words, like we began this sermon, getting our eyes up off of the self, getting them on God and other people. 
it becomes the anti-inflammatory for our souls. And so even uh, like, like I think I shared this a couple weeks ago, but, but about a month ago, man, I was just feeling down, a little bit melancholy. But I've, I've been doing this long enough to know, you know what I need to do? I got to get my eyes up. And I started texting everybody I can think of. You're the greatest. God loves you. God has a great plan for your life. And I just began to get my eyes up and encourage other people. And guess what? By the time I was done, I was encouraged. And then they started texting me, uh, encouraging me about how I was such an encouragement to them. <laughs> Do you catch that? Man, in that scenario, everybody wins. Everybody wins. And so, uh, and Paul's going to, he's going to land the plane here that he's going to close it off with this, with this idea of when we, we sense pride, we got to an, immediately turn it up to praise. And so uh, he, he's, he says these words in our text. He's like, what do you have to brag about, right? If there's anything good inside of you, God's like, hey, you know, I did that, right? And so, so when we recognize, man, people point out, oh, man, I love this about you. You're so gifted in this. It's so easy now that we, can, we should be able to deflect it back up into praise. God, thank you. Thank you for the gifts, skills, and talents you've given, right? So on and so forth. And so maybe I could uh, contrast it this way. The great Shaq Daddy. Shaquille O'Neal. Did you know this man uh, was he's seven foot one inches? Um, the, then when you get his wingspan, did you know that like like he doesn't really need to jump in order to dunk the basketball? He just needs to stand on his tippy toes and can dunk the basketball. And so the fact uh, that that that's true, like he should never celebrate a dunk. <laughs> Bro, you stood on your tippy toes and then you can't go, I did that, you know, celebrating a dunk. No, what you should do is you should be going, hey man, that's God, that's God. And so uh, I'm going to contrast that with LeBron James. Little disclaimer this morning, this will be the one and only time you ever hear me uh, sing the praises of LeBron James, all right? We are Michael Jordan people here at Every Nation, New Jersey, all right? So I know we're not supposed to divide the church over little things, but Jordan is the goat. Uh, back to our message, right? And so there was this moment where LeBron is playing game, and he just does this unthinkable dunk. I mean, like behind the back, midair, switches hands, and just jams the ball home. The place erupted. Everyone went to their feet. It was, it was all over ESPN. And then I love this. One of the reporters interviewed him afterwards, and they're like, LeBron, Man, have you been practicing that move? And he looks at him like, are you nuts? He goes, that dunk? No, that's that's just God. <laughs> and so I so loved it. Like he had the opportunity to be, fill himself with pride. But instead, what did he do? Man, he went upward and he sent it to praise. And that's how Paul ends it. And that's how I'm going to end today. Man, to take our pride and, and let's turn it upward into praise. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you this morning for this time we can gather together in your name. And Lord, I just pray this one simple prayer. Lord, would you help us to be a people that we get our eyes off of ourselves? Lord, freeing us, Lord, to love you and to love people. And that thing will snowball into human flourishing. Everybody wins. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, <laughs> amen, amen. Well, listen, every nation, uh, the sermon's over with, but we're not quite finished. 
because I want to remind you that you can be faithful in your tithing uh, and your giving. Uh, a tithe that simply means a tenth, and, and we fully believe that, that a tenth of everything that comes in, we give back to Jesus as a form of worship. And so, um, you know, there's three ways that you can be faithful in your tithing and giving here to Every Nation New Jersey. If you, you can, Number one, you can go to our website, ENCNJ, and just hit the giving icon. Uh, or uh, you can uh, give via text. If you just text uh, the letters ENCNJ to the number 77977, it's a very convenient, easy way to give. That's how my family and I give. Uh, or you can mail in uh, your check or money order right here to our church offices at 101 Gibraltar Drive, right here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. Every nation, I want you to know this. Jesus loves you, and I think you're pretty incredible too. Have an amazing, amazing week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.